What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Alex Taub is the co-founder and CEO of Upstream, a new social professional network. He is also an avid investor in and user of Zed, a new digital horse racing ecosystem. In this conversation, we discuss digital ecosystems, virtual horse racing, stud farms, various investment strategies, the metaverse, and building a new professional network. I really enjoyed this conversation with Alex, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is Near. Near is an open source platform that accelerates the development of decentralized applications, overcoming high fees and slow speeds with its fast, scalable, low cost, and climate neutral blockchain protocol. This is why Near was recently awarded the climate neutral product label from the South Pole. One transaction on Near consumes about 1300x less carbon than a similar transaction on other chains. That number is so big that it's hard to say. 1300x less carbon than a similar transaction. Learn why NEAR is the infrastructure for innovation at NEAR.org. N-E-A-R dot O-R-G today. N-E-A-R-D dot O-R-G today. Go check it out, NEAR.org. Next up is Exodus. Exodus is leading the world out of the traditional financial system by building beautiful and user-friendly blockchain products. With its focus on design and user experience, Exodus has become one of the most popular and loved cryptocurrency apps. It's supported on both desktop and mobile, allowing you to sync your wallet across multiple devices so you can have access to your funds anywhere. You can instantly exchange around 100 different cryptocurrencies straight from your wallet. Interactive charts lets you view an asset's price history and your portfolio's performance over time. And maybe the best part is Exodus is integrated with the Treasure Hardware Wallet, making advanced security easy for everyone. You can visit exodus.com slash pomp for your free download or search Exodus on the App Store or the Play Store. Exodus definitely has the most beautiful cryptocurrency wallet in the entire industry. Go to exodus.com slash pomp to see it for yourself. And then you can tweet at me and let me know when you agree that they've got the most beautiful app. Exodus.com slash pomp or search Exodus in the App Store. Last but not least is Crypto.com. They've got over 10 million users in the easiest way to buy and sell over 100 cryptocurrencies. You can download the app at Crypto.com and get $25 with my code POMP. And if you want to spend more time with cryptocurrencies or you want to spend your cryptocurrencies, nothing beats the Crypto.com Visa card, which pays up to 8% back instantly and comes with amazing perks at Netflix, Spotify, and Amazon Prime subscriptions. You can also go to Airport Lounge Access, excuse me, along with Airport Lounge Access for you and a guest at hundreds of airports around the world. If you like going to airports, listen up. Of course, the Crypto.com Visa card gives you all of this with no annual or monthly fees to worry about. So get 25 big bucks, $25 when you download the Crypto.com app today using the code POMP, or you can click on the link in the description. Again, 25 bucks, download the Crypto.com app, use code POMP, or click on the link in the description. All right, let's get into the virtual horse racing. This one's a fun one. I hope you enjoy this episode with Alex. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys. Bang, bang. I've got Alex here with me. What's up, man? What's going on? We're doing doing it in Miami. (laughs) Yes, we are. All right. 
What the hell is Zed? Zed.run has like taken over the world. It's digital horse racing? Yeah, so I got into it about a month and a half ago. All right, that scares everyone immediately when it's only six weeks, but that's so, important context. Yeah, I've got, I got into it about a month and a half ago, almost two months ago. Uh, some like backstory. I have a friend, Drew. Drew Austin is a great guy. He runs a thing called Redbeard Ventures. And um, he tried to get me into NBA Top Shot in like early well and try to get me into nba top shot like october november december time of the past year and that of was 2020 like, of the, yeah and that was really early that would have been a good time to get into yes. nba top shot all right and then he was in miami actually at the end of the year beginning of beginning of january end of december and we were sitting down at some hotel and he was like showing me he's like i just spent like 1500 bucks and i bought this like zion williamson cosmic hollow like one out of 50 I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you spending, you just flushed 1500 bucks down the toilet. And he's like, no, I bought like a John Moran. I bought this like Vince Carter last shot, all these like cosmic hollows, whatever. I was like, what's going on? He's like, just buy a pack, experience it. it. Took me about a week to buy a pack. And when I did, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like the, the opening of it. And uh, anyway, flash forward about a month later, his portfolio is worth about over $2 million on a okay. $50,000 investment. It's pretty uh, good. I'm no mathematician, but that's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, and that that was a really expensive week because that week I could have bought like a few like le legendary packs for like, you know, 200 bucks, which anything you got there is worth, you know, 3K plus. Um, and I was like, oh, OK, I got to listen to Drew next time. Drew and I started this like weekly event. And there's there's context to this backstory. But Drew and I started this like weekly event uh, on, on the company I run called Upstream. Uh, we have an NFT community. We meet every Friday at 1 p.m. And every week we talk about something different. So the first week we talked about Top Shot. The second week I think we talked about Genies. Then the week after we had like Akash, who's the founder of Genies. They were launching some NFT stuff. And then on Wednesday, I was like, hey, Drew, who should we have this, this weekend? He's like, oh, I'm getting into this thing called Zed. Um, I'm actually buying a bunch of horses for some friends. Do you want me to buy you a horse uh, or a few horses? I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Like I mean, digital horses, yeah. not real well, horses. I, well, first I was like, I don't need a horse. Like, And he's like, no, it's digital horses. You race them, you breed them. It's, he's like, I don't have time to explain right now, but let me know if you want me to buy you some horses. And I was like, all right, I didn't listen to you last time. Like, how much ETH do I need to send you to get like a nice whatever, whatever you're doing? So I sent him a little bit of money. Um, how much? Uh, <laughs> I think it's in like 5K in ETH. Okay. And then, and then... On Friday, we started talking about this thing called Zed. Um, which and was that for one horse? Or like no, a he got horses? me like a few. This was still early, so it wasn't super expensive yet. Uh, he so you were me, like, you're like a horse empire. No, he got me like five horses. It was like a few Z, one Z3, Z4, Z5, and a few Z9s like and 10s, um, which I'll explain all what that means in a minute. Um, and what, what he ended up doing is on Friday, we started talking about it, and I was like, oh, wait, Drew, is this the thing you bought me earlier this week? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Uh, anyway, that night was a, was a drop, uh, and they released like 200 horses. And Drew had said, you know, a month before that event we did, uh, it took about like 12 hours or like 24 hours to sell out the horses. And then the next week, because they were doing drops every Friday. The next week it took like, it, it was cut in half. It was like 12 hours or six hours. Then it was like six hours or three hours. After we did that event on Upstream and after, because after, there was like 50 to 100 people there, they sold out the horses in about 10 minutes. And then from there on, you can barely get a horse in the drop. I mean, it's, it's really hard. Um, so in terms of, that's how I got into it. Okay. 
Um, and I bought a bunch of horses that night. I I have at least 27 horses myself. <laughs> My dad's got nine. I share a stable with Drew. We have another seven. We've got like one or two like pretty rare coats and uh, early mints. And then I share another stable with a friend named Narendra. And he uh, he built this whole algorithm to figure out like rare and super rare coats. Um, so yeah, it's I've got so you own like fifty horses. About like I, I own and co-own about fifty horses. All right, but in terms of what what Zed is, I mean it, it's digital horse racing. So the idea is what I say, I say that like it's like normal <laughs> normal thing. But um, yeah, it's you know I, I personally believe like ninety percent of NFTs are going to be wor- worthless. I think the things that are going to stay are going to be things with strong IP. So mm-hmm. things like you know the M- NBA Top Shot, MLB. UFC, NFL, eventually someone will do, you know, soccer is going to be massive when it comes out because that has that's IP. I think when, you know, movies like uh, everything from Star Wars to Marvel to Disney, they have strong IP. Well, so my whole thing isn't so much just the IP, like the IP is important, obviously. Yeah. But uh, the one that like I saw and I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool is uh, there's something called So Rare. Uh, oh, yeah. Which uh, Benchmark recently invested in. And uh, what they essentially did was it's like fantasy football for soccer or uh, yeah. uh, football, as people abroad will call it. And uh, you basically don't get to just draft players and then play like you do, you know, like Yahoo Fantasy Football or whatever. Instead, you basically have to buy, and then you have the token, and then you can trade, and you can use certain players and all this stuff. And so to me, it's not so much just like buying this thing, holding it, and speculating that the price is going to go up. The utility of the only way to play the game is to have So this. that's the other thing. That's exactly. exactly. So like IP is important. And then the other thing that's going to last, well, I think there's actually three things that are last. It's IP, I think utility. So just buying it and selling it, that's great. But if you can make money, if you can earn some sort of benefit. Like a return access, or a yield yeah, off a yield of it. Or an access it. to a, a location, uh, digital or physical. If there's some sort of utility to it, I think those things are going to be interesting and last. And then the last, I think, is the art world. I think, you know, crypto art, digital art, you know, it's, it's just a mimic of physical art. I don't personally get a lot of art but i know that there's a market for that mm-hmm. the scarcity the rarity etc i think the cash grabs are going to go away i think the people that don't uh take you know time to figure out exactly what makes sense i think i mean this past week was a crazy week for nfts i mean there was everything from i don't know if you saw appimon uh which is like a, a <laughs> you're gonna think it's even more crazy but it's like a it's like an egg that you can open so there's like six thousand of them and in the egg there's like this creature and some of them are going to be rare. Some of them are going to be like dinosaurs. Like dinosaurs. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Like little, like it's sort of like LOL surprise. I don't know if you know LOL surprise. You don't have a, nope. any young children. Nope. They did nine billion in revenue last year. What is LOL surprise? It's literally a. If you have a young daughter, you probably have seen it. It's it's um, it's a toy, and then you get an egg, and then you open the egg, and in the egg is a surprise, and it's one of the characters and there's some rare ones there's some common ones got it uh they did nine billion revenue last year it's a physical toy company if you go to any like cvs walgreens and you go to the toy section you'll see lol surprise everywhere okay um and so now but, there's a digital version so yeah this thing called appymon then there's this thing called um uh the board eight yacht yacht club that launched <laughs> what is that and it's like you get you buy like this you get a yacht no you get like an ape and the ape is like uh, whatever. We don't need to get into the specifics, but like that. You know that all this sounds crazy. This sounds insane. Okay. Uh, but the thing that's really interesting about Board uh, Board Ape Yacht Club mm-hmm. is that they're giving you, if you own an ape, you can get access to a virtual place. Okay. This yacht club. 
and only other people who own apes can come. So you think about, okay, if you own a token or you own this NFT, you can theoretically get access to a digital place or a physical place that nobody else can go to unless you're a token owner or an NFT owner. I just think that that gets to be really interesting. Mm -hmm. These things all launched like this week, but at the same time, they're, they seem to be very thoughtful, well-designed, and been in the works for a while. But but back to Zed. So Zed is horse racing. Zed is horse racing. Digitally. Digital horse racing. And so when you go into the system, you can buy a horse. Uh, you can buy a horse during a drop. Okay. And then you can also buy it on, I think, OpenSea. Okay. And then also- How many total horses are there? So or we don't know yet. Yeah, no, we, we do know, but there's- it's 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 important to 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 understand actually how it works. So right now we're still in the midst. So it's actually still really early for Zed. There's going to be thirty eight thousand Genesis horses. The rumor is they'll probably go through the Genesis horses by the end of the summer, maybe by the end of the year. Um, I think there's only thirteen thousand of those thirty thirty seven or thirty eight thousand that have been released. There's a rumor that this Friday um, there's going to be a, a. I mean it's not a rumor. It's going to be this Friday. There's something called a Terra drop. There's either going to be 5,000 or 7,000 or 10,000 horses that are going to be available f- directly all from at Zed. All at one time. All at one time. Try um, buy one. Yeah, you should. Yeah. But I think you need to own ETH then, right? I think you're, you've been on the, on the record of not owning any ETH. I own no ETH. I can gift you your first horse if you want. I can make you a baby horse. But I only horse. want the best. Like, I want the winner. Like, I want the secretarian of, uh, of all the horses. Uh, yeah, well, then you have to... Is that the name of the, the horse that won this thing? I think it's Secretariat. Secretariat? Yeah, see how... Yeah, well, I'm basically that, a that's, horse that's professional. A, there's Seabiscuit, there's Secretariat, there's American Pharaoh. Seabiscuit is uh, a good one, too. American Pharaoh was the most recent one that won the Okay, trip. so American Pharaoh. I want the equivalent of American Pharaoh in uh, Zed. How do I get that? Uh, how much ha- would it cost me? How much would it cost you? I mean, I, I've heard that... They like, probably, like is there they, one they, horse they that everyone's like that's the winner yeah there's like there's breathless edge there's ducky Mallon. there's these ho- these horses are becoming a little famous because they're such breathless winners. edge breathless edge is one uh, ducky undefeated Mallon is one. no but like a 30 percent win rate uh, i want an undefeated one there's no undefeated actually there was the reason why breeding is not available right now is because when they brought breeding back there was a it wasn't i don't know if it was a bug but some horses got four parent dna I didn't get into breeding yet, but I'll get into that in a second. And these horses were like freaks of nature. I think there's one called Escobar. Yeah, I want Escobar. There that you go. Like, a freak of nature named Escobar. That's the horse that I was, want. Who was, owns that one? Yeah, I don't know. But it was <laughs> the, horse, the first 10 races, the horse was 10 and 0. And people were, and, but it was like winning. You get odds and stuff. And it was yeah. winning by like, 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 like multiple seconds. Escobar sounds like a champion. That's what I need. Yeah, I think that when they bring bring it back, they're gonna look. They've changed some things, and it'll, it'll be fixed. Are they but, gonna like take away Escobar's skills? No, I I I don't know. Hundred percent know how it works, but I think that they the things they take into account, they're gonna have to change stuff because you can't change Escobar's abilities because it's on the blockchain. So you have to sort of. I'm not 100 percent sure how it works. How they're going to change the odds? They're, they're going to rig the game because no, Escobar is so no, dominant. No, it's going to be the same. <laughs> yes, but no, they're going to be they're going to have to level it up so that everyone has like that that same situation. Got it. But okay. anyway, so so going back, so 38,000 Genesis horses. These are minted by Zed, and they are there's there's ten levels. So there's Z1 to Z10. Z standing for Zed. Z1 to Z10. Z1 is the most uh, scarce. Z10 is the most least scarce. Uh, uh, the least scarce. Um, Z1 is called Nakamoto after it's good, it's good name. Satoshi. So that's Z1 and Z2 are both Nakamotos. There's a thousand Z1 Nakamotos. There's a thousand Z2 Nakamotos. 
in the last drop, a Z1 Nakamoto uh, was selling directly from Zed, not like a resale value, directly from Zed for about $16,000, horse. Okay. okay. Z3 and 4 are called Zabo, named after, I think, Nick, Nick, Nick Zabo. Uh, there's 2,000 Z3s, 2,000 Z4s. Then there's Z5, 6, and 7 are Finny, after Hal Finney. And then 8, 9, and 10 is Buterin or Butterin or, you know, Vitalik. Vitalik. Z10, I think there's going to be about 20,000, and I may be getting the number off a little bit, but I think there's about going to be about 20,000 Z10 Buterins. Okay. So that's going to be the most common. In the last drop, I think a Buterin went for about $100, $120. Um, and those are the most common you'll see. Now, okay, so that's 38,000 Genesis horses. There will never be more Genesis horses, and they're still releasing them, which means it's still still early. And then they all go have sex with each other. <laughs> yeah, it's called digitally. The, it's called the stud farm. And yes, stud farm. Yeah, it's called okay. the stud farm. Wait, explain. Okay, so then then there's breeding. I need to get in the horse game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's what it actually. So there's male and female horses. There's uh it, the un un when you don't have any offspring, you, um it's a, a filly for a female and then a cult for a male. Okay. And then once you have a child, you're a mare for a female and then you're a uh, stallion for a male. Okay. Now. There's a stud farm. The other thing that's actually worth noting is there's there's also um, there's also coats. So there's uh, common coats, like the color of their their coat. Then there's rare, and then there's uh, like super rare or something like that. Um, so there are some really like what, what does Escobar coats. have? It's got to be rare. I want to I want to say I think it was like fire brick. Okay. I could be getting. Is that I think rare? It was red. I think it was a rare or a super rare. Oh I'm not God. sure. You got a red horse that's just cleaning the competition. Yeah, right. yeah. It was. I think I, I'm, I'm. I should go buy Escobar before we release this. Before somebody jacks up the price on me. If I want to go buy it, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Escobar came down to earth in terms okay. of the the value. So and yeah, I mean value also. But uh, by the way, most of the people who own these like really like champion horses, there's really no reason for them to sell it to you. Why? Because they can make money without selling it to you. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's kind of like, so like cash flow, right? For like, example, you just buy them out. The second horse ever minted was called a horse called Wall Street. It's also a pretty good horse. It has like a 20% win rate. Or like between 15 and 20% is pretty solid. Wall Street can put itself in the stud farm and charge $1,000 to breed with Wall Street. And people will pay $1,000 to get an offspring of Wall Street. How much sex can the horse have? So that, <laughs> that's a great question. Um so, because I actually, way, I, I recently looked at my brother was telling me the amount of uh, breeding that a champion horse, like a Kentucky Derby champion horse, between 100 and 250 times a year, and then they also fly them around the world with physical horses uh, because they have to be in warm weather, I think. So they basically go from hemisphere to hemisphere to make sure that it can get extra breeding on a uh, annual basis. That's crazy, but that, that's actually randomly similar to how actually uh, it works. Okay. Zed. So, so work? um, when the stud farm is currently closed, it's going to be hopefully opened up. I think they're waiting for the drop to happen, and then they're going to. Are they like closing it because it's still kind of like a beta? And no, they closed it because there was the bug. There was like the bre- oh, okay. people were breeding these free courses and like that were Escobar. Like, yeah, Escobar, and there was another. There's like one or two more. Um, by, by the way, this is like the most crypto thing in the world. I'm hearing about horses named Wall Street and Escobar. Basically the same two types of people. They're both criminal organizations. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, so actually the Zed Genesis horses are named by the employees of Zed. Okay. And then the offspring is named by the users. Okay. So like if I like make a baby for you, mm-hmm. then you can name it. 
if you wanted to. If somebody just hears that clip, they're going to think we're crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right. But, okay. So, so if I put Wall Street okay, into so, the but, stud farm. So how the stud farm works. You put males into the stud farm. Yeah. Okay. So you put the male horses in. Every two weeks, they can have seven offspring. Okay. So you, as the owner of that male horse, you put it in there and you dictate how much it costs to, to mate with your horse. So if you have a Z1 Nakamoto named Wall Street, you might charge a thousand bucks to to breed with it just because you probably can get seven horses. You Is know, that high? seven offspring. No, I mean, so I, one night I just wanted to experience it. I put, I just wanted to experience this stuff on. <laughs> um, I put, I put, I have a Z1. I put one. I oh, put, you got like one of the big dogs. I have one of, I have, I have three Z ones now. Three Z ones. All right. How much yeah. did you? How much do they cost you? Uh, I uh, <laughs> about ten to twelve k each. Okay. And then so let's say thirty thousand dollars. You're in on the Z ones. Yeah. And you put them in the stud farm. All yeah. of them. So well, actually, so I own three myself, and then I share two with Drew. So I have a few. Honestly, I I put some money into this. I yeah, think sounds I, like it. But I've also so I put. Are we one, making money or losing money though? Well, I mean, obviously, I put out money, but. For an example, I put my Z1 into the stud farm, and uh, within 12 hours, I, I charged $600 to mate with it, or okay. $500 or $600. I just wanted to see if it would go. But I went, and I did this at like midnight. I went to bed, woke up. I had 3K in my... my. Oh, people were trying to mate. I was all mated. It was all seven. It was done. That 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 ah. Meaning I made three grand off a horse I bought for like 10 grand. You made three in grand off a digital hours. horse having sex with another digital horse. <laughs> with multiple digital horses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did. And this is why I'm fascinated by this. Because it feels like it's a recreation of exactly what happened in the analog world. And it's going to happen again in the digital world. And there is the opportunity to be the greatest horseman in the world. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the other thing is I have a horse called Winter Winter Wonderland. Okay. It's a rare coat. Did Sir, you name that? No, that was okay. it was a it was a Genesis horse. Um Winter Wonderland has uh, is a Z four Z five. Okay, and it's a it's a rare coat, Sir Aquamarine, and I put it in the stud farm also. And Winter Wonderland has raced in one match, and it won that match. So it is a hundred percent win rate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I put it you in sound there. Like, you sound like the finance kids on TikTok that are like, I have one stock and the stock went up. <laughs> Go ahead. But no, I I, I, 100% I stopped racing rate. it. I stopped racing. I mean, like, you're not going to get better than 100%. Like, okay. You know, okay. It's, yeah, it's only one for one. I put it in the stud farm. Also, seven horses, 12 hours. It was How all much? gone. I put it for like 200 each because okay. it's, it's not a Z1. So I put it for 200 each. Made like done. Made like a, a grand easy. And I didn't even spend a grand to buy it, or maybe I did. I don't know. I, that was one of the ones Drew got me originally. Um, so seven, seven offspring, only raced once. I look at I. I went back. Do you and get I, a cut on the? Yeah, offspring? and so does Ed. Uh, no, not on the offspring. I get a cut to breed. Yeah. So yeah. that the person who has the female horse pays you. Pays. Um, who through, owns the baby horse? The female. Ah, uh, got it. So is it better to have the male or the female? You can make more money instantly by mail, but female, I mean, you could resell the, the, the children. Yeah. <laughs> sounded really bad. This sounds you, ridiculous. You could, you, could, you could resell the offspring. Okay. Yeah, it also sounds pretty good. So here's my question. Is, Wait, but, but, so the reason, well, the last thing, the reason that I brought that up is one of the children is a champion horse. So I looked through, because you, you could see all the yeah, lineage and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I looked, there's a, there's a, I think it's called Night Queen. 
And it's like a champion horse. It's got like 40 plus wins. And the whoever bred it has just been racing it. And it's a good horse. See, because that's Does the that thing. mean your horse this is good? Probably. Because but you don't want to race it because then you I don't want to race it because well, I won the 100%. I think I could just get an annuity of like a thousand bucks every two weeks just from that. Like, yep. not even thinking about it. 24 grand a year. So that but, was math. You see that pulse yeah. math? That was pretty <laughs> that's, good, right? That's pretty good math. <laughs> um, but that, that, uh, that, the Z1 that I have is not raced. So you don't know, like, so that oh, so there's you got a, a lot Z1, of Z1, but you never raced it. I never raced it, and, but and that's so the thing. people people think if it's I, a good one, but if we don't I have know. A Z, well, it's sort of like getting. Imagine you can get an unopened, you know, NBA Top Shot pack, right? And it's a Cosmic Hollow Series One. So you can get a LeBron, you can get a Zion in there, but you also can get like, even though they're still, I mean, if you're a basketball player, yeah, you're yeah. good. But like, you can get like a CD Osman and a Langston Galloway. Great, you know, good players, serviceable players, but, but not they're not LeBron or Zion. So, yeah. so if you have a Z one and then it loses its first two races, it's, then you don't you don't want that. That's worthless. Immediately lowers the value. But if you see that the offspring are good, then the value can all right. Go so up. I, I got to give you a piece of context here because I've been sandbagging. So uh, the reason why I'm so fascinated by this is in 2016, I believe it was, I went to Nigeria. And in Nigeria, uh, I went with uh, somebody who's building like a um, uh, chat app for soccer. And uh, we had a like local who was a user of that app take us around. And I'm, when I say when I went to Nigeria, most people go and they say Victoria Island, which is like where all the tourists stay. We stayed in Lagos. Like there's dudes with AK-47 standing outside the hotel and like it looks like it's secure. But if somebody starts shooting, they're definitely running. So, <laughs> so you're like in Lagos, right? Uh, and it was about, I don't know, uh, a mile from a place called Computer Village in Nigeria. And Computer Village is, uh, think of like the busiest you've ever seen Times Square. Exactly like that. And it is just packed almost like a like a flea market would be. There's stalls and stores and all stuff. And in some, in some of the places, it's two or three stories. Uh, and it's just people everywhere. And what's fascinating about it is they are so in touch with technology. It's probably, I, I literally wrote a piece when I came back and I was like, I saw the future of consumer uh, technology by looking uh, in this one little place called Computer Village. Demographics of Nigeria are off the chart, population growth incredibly fast, uh, very, very digital native, and then they've now got smartphones, internet access, all stuff. So while we're there, we have some time to burn. And the local takes us to a equivalent of like, I'll call it a betting house. I don't know what they call it. And while we were there, we had like watched uh, soccer games in people's backyards and like done all this stuff. And like there, there's a whole little economy around uh, soccer and viewing. But we go to this bet house and literally uh, think of it almost like the cage at a casino. So people are sitting in chairs. They're watching games on television. They get up. They walk over. They place their bet. They get a little piece of paper. They go sit back down. Did I win? Did I lose? Go back. And, they just, and they're doing this all day long, right? But then all of a sudden I noticed that everyone at all times was watching one of the screens on the far right. What's going on on that screen? Why is that one not have commercials? What, what's going on over there? And that was also the one that I quickly realized was having the most betting activity. It was a simulation. It was like, you know when we play video games yeah. and like you're playing like a soccer game or a football game or whatever and you just hit simulate and the game basically plays the game yeah. and then it just tells you like, oh, the Green Bay Packers won, right? Yeah. Which never really happens in real life. The Giants are the best team. Uh, and so... I remember sitting there being like, these people are betting on a simulation in a video game. That's nuts. Because as an American, guess what my first thing is? It's rigged. <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah. no way it's fair, right? Yeah. Like, like somehow it is rigged. <laughs> but they were betting all day, every day. 
So when I saw that, I remember just putting that in the back of my head. Like, that's an interesting thing. What about my day? When I saw the digital horse racing, that's the first thing I thought of. I said, oh my God, somebody figured out how to do this. I have no clue. Is it rigged? Is it not rigged? Does it work? Does it not work? Whatever. Yeah. But somebody figured out how to take that exact same experience and now bring it to a global basis and it's around horse racing. And that seems pretty interesting to me. So it feels like the only three things you can really do are one, you can buy a horse, mm-hmm. you can race it. You can buy a horse, you can put it in the stud farm, breed yeah. it, or you can basically create more horses and then go race those horses. Fair? Uh, yeah. And by the way, seven male horses every two weeks when you breed, two, uh, every female horse can have two offspring every two weeks. Okay. So meaning when you originally said they, like they could do 150, if you do the math, seven every two weeks, 14 a month, you're, you're getting pretty close to the actual, yeah. and, and maybe that's how they actually So 100 to it. 250 is the, uh, is the number. So it's like 100 on average versus, uh, I think it was uh, 250 if they move them all around the world, you know, different hemispheres. Yeah. So uh, in terms of, in terms of um, breeding, you know, only two from the female, which I don't know if that's real life. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how, like. I don't know what the pregnancy of women, uh, female horses are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Off the top of my head, neither do I. Um, I don't think they're one week at a time, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably not. <laughs> but, uh, but, in, but in terms of, yeah, so I mean, breeding. So it's buying and holding, breeding, uh, and, um, and like making money off that. So I've, I've made some money off that. And then racing. Now, how does the racing work and how do you know it's not rigged? So there's a bunch of white papers that I've read like a few sentences of. Uh, and there's a bunch of, there's an article they wrote about like, it's called like provably fair. Now the way that they describe it is there's 10,000 simulations of each race. And they there's one that's chosen at random to be that race. So when you go up against 11 other horses, cause there's 12 horses, one of those, uh, like everyone has odds. So, so if I, if I have the odds of winning 20 out of a hundred times, you just extrapolate that out to 10,000 simulations. And then basically that's the odds. And then they run each simulation and then they literally just pick, okay, simulation 7,432 is the one one everyone's going to see. And that's somehow randomly selected. And when that occurs based on the odds that my horse has of winning out of every hundred or a thousand or 10,000 races, then that's the odds for that specific race. Yeah. Um, exactly. That's how I understand it. Um, that seems complex enough where like that would be pretty hard to gain. Yes. The thing is that every horse, so, so every horse, the way I've, I've come to understand it is every horse is like uh, minted with like a base number. And the only thing that right now is taken into account is distance preference. So it doesn't matter what gate they are in. It does not matter what time of day. It doesn't matter how many races that they've had. There's no fatigue. The horses currently live forever. There's, so there's no, like, there's no, like, the horse is getting old. Right now, the only thing that gets taken into account is distance preference. So there's a thousand meter races all the way up to 2,600 meter races. Mm-hmm. And you have to, if that's why I haven't raced any my, Z, my Z1s, is because if I race it, I need to dedicate time to figure out if it's any good at anything. And then when I know what it's good at, or if, well, by the way, some of these horses are donkeys. Like you don't, you don't want to yep. go race it. How much money can I win racing? I've seen horses that have, that have uh, made uh, close to six figures already. With just one race? No, no. Oh, uh, uh, oh the biggest, actually, no. So the, it used to be like $5 entry up to $50 entry. But now there's like, I think I saw like a, a $5,000 entry. So it's going up. 
The most I've won in a race is like 200 bucks. 200 bucks. All right. So far. But that was when it was only to 50. So it sounds like it's way better to have the horses have digital sex than to race the horses. Currently. So the, my thesis around this, and a lot of people think, is that the genesis game of Zed is around breeding. So find the good horses and then breed them. Breed, you know. And by the way, you, you take someone like a Breathless Edge. If Breathless Edge, I don't know if Breathless Edge is a male or a female, but imagine it's a male and it goes into the stud farm. That person could charge, you know, five grand per horse, 10 grand per horse, and they will sell all seven of them. No question. Because it's that good of a horse. When you're placing 50% of the time and you're winning 30% of the time, like, you know, or Ducky Mallon, which is another one, mm-hmm. like they're going to charge, they're going to be able to command a premium. So that's why the way you think about the the breeding. So I think the breeding part, well, I, I think the Genesis horses is a breeding game. And I think the offspring is a racing game. So I think like the best horse is going to be because there's Genesis horses. When you breed two Genesis horses, you create a legendary horse. Okay. When you, when you breed legendary horses, you create, I think, either elite or exclusive. And then there's like two or three oh, so steps there's down. like all these things. But Genesis are the best ones. Genesis are the original ones. They're the, the original ones minted. But does original mean best? Not necessarily. Okay. I've seen Z5s beat Z1s in races. Just because mm-hmm. you're a Z1 doesn't mean you're 100% going to win. Mm-hmm. So Because probability. Yeah, but also like I, I have a horse um, that is really good at 1,600 meter races. So I get What's really good odds. Name? You don't remember. Uh, okay. D- Dag Nabbit. Dag Nabbit, did you name it? No. Okay. No. That's not, that's not a name I would I, name. I don't know. I, I, I bred some horses for my daughter. Okay. Uh, she's five. She likes... She likes she Does likes, she like go watching the... Oh, we watch the games together. She comes right. home from school. She wants to race it. So the original horse that I raised... <laughs> and, oh, by the I way... Mean, it makes sense. When you, when you breed Nakamoto's together, you create a, another Nakamoto. But if you do like a Nakamoto and a Zabo, it creates a Zabo. If you do a Nakamoto and a, fili- a Finny, it creates a Finny. But whatever the lesser like yep. one is, is what the offspring is. Okay. Um. But I, I, I bred her a Nakamoto. Uh, so she is a Z2. Uh, by the way, when you do Z1 and Z1, you create a Z2. If you do a Z1 and a Z5, you create a Z6. Got it. Okay. Um, just simple math. Yeah, yeah. It's just you have to add up the what numbers. If you do two Z10s, Z20? Z20. I think you go up to like Z100, 200 something. Okay. It was a crazy, crazy number. Um, but anyway, so the I bred her. She has a Z2, I think a Z2 or Z3 Nakamoto. She named it Gemstone. And then Gemstone's a girl. So we had two two offspring, uh, Sparkles and Rainbows. Both mentioned in the New York Times article. Five, and, uh, which I think your daughter is five? Up. She's five. Okay. Does your daughter go to school and say, I own three horses? She does tell people she owns horses. Uh, like she does, she's like, it's like, not my dad. Like, I own the horses. Yeah, but she doesn't say, like, it's a digital horse. She says, like, I own a horse. Yeah. For her, it's there's no it's difference. The yeah. Um, but it's funny because they're mentioned in the New York Times article that was just this past week on Zed. And someone mentioned to me, he's like, good job getting the, the horse name in the New York Times. If you go and you put it on Discord or if you put it in the stud farm, you'd be like, you know, rainbows mentioned in the New York Times, come breed with it. Or, you know, you can like the value goes up for horses that are like publicly mentioned. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I, why don't the horses die? Uh, I think they've or de- get tired. I think, I think they're debating it. Yeah. But right now, like I, I've heard that they're gonna eventually add gate preference. I've heard that they're gonna eventually add weather, uh, and I imagine they'll add fatigue. Mm-hmm. So you can't just go race because right now you could essentially take your horse. I could take Escobar, which I, I need to own, <laughs> and then I could basically race Escobar twenty times in a day, and it doesn't matter. So right now you can be in three races at one time. 
Meaning three, like there's a bunch oh, of... Oh, I don't even do 20 in a day. I could literally like three races all at the same time simultaneously my horse. Yes, that's the most you can... But they don't have to be simultaneously running, but the most you can enter is three horses at a given time. So once one of those races ends, you can enter another one. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you could... I mean, people, there are... Are there you know, horse millionaires? They're degenerate people sitting there all day racing their horses. But they're making money. Sometimes. Sometimes they're losing money. Yeah. You have to. I like you, the breeding game. The breeding game sounds a lot more up my breeding uh, alley. But, but the horse, the 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 racing game, there is a bit of skill to it because you have to figure out. You can't just like blindly race it. You have to look at the data. Um, you have to figure out. Okay, when is this horse? Is this horse doing really well? Like, okay, it's going fourteen hundred meter races, but it's not winning. Um, but it's in. But it's in first place when it when you hit a thousand meters. So should I be, you know, only entering into a thousand meter races? Mm-hmm. You have to figure out a lot of that stuff. But once once you start looking at the data, like there's a lot of like sabermetrics type of data. Mm-hmm. Once you start looking at the data, it's it's a game changer. I, I had two horses that I knew were decent, but I didn't know how decent they were. And then I looked at the odds and, and like the detailed data. And I was like, oh, I have to race this only 1,800 meters and above. And this one only 1,800 meters below. And I'm going to make, I'm going to actually make money. Mm-hmm. Um if you enter enough races for five, ten, fifteen dollars, can you race while you're in the stud farm? Uh, no, I, th- I think you're not. I think you're not allowed to race while you're in the stud farm. Yeah, I mean that would make sense. You're you can't be racing and and breeding and at the same time. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I'm thinking of this game, it feels like the people who own the horses are a step below the people who own Zed, mm-hmm. right? But then there's this like middle ground. I want to own a track. How do I do that? So I've heard. So they, they did a. They announced a partnership with Atari. Okay. That Atari is going to be doing like branded a few branded horses, like mm-hmm. Atari horses that are going to be like rare. And then I've heard that there's like I mean you could think about like the Central Land and things like that where why not why not buy a track and and be a bookie you know like Zed won't be the bookie Zed won't be DraftKings Zed's the NBA Zed's the NFL we're the owners we're 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 Mark Cuban. You know, we're we're the we're the team owners. And you then think Mark owns any horses. I don't know. I think he'd say it. Yeah, no, I don't think he owns any horses. Sorry, who owns the most horses? It's a great question. Funny story, which is sort yeah. of uh, uh, about this. Uh, I was I caught up with a friend recently, and I was, I was we were talking about like crypto and Zed and NFTs, and he's like, you know, my um my my sister married this guy. And he has been obsessed with Zed for like a few months. And like the family is about to have this, interve- like he's just racing digital horses all day. And the family's about to have it like an intervention with him. And I was like, send me the stable link. Like send me like, I want to see the stable. And um, he sends to me, it's like 13 Z1s, like, oh, like 40 Z2s. And he co-owns the stable with a bunch of people. I'm like, dude, this guy has like a multi-million dollar stable. Like really? do not intervene with it. Like let him let him do his thing. Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of those out there. There's a bunch of people who have stocked up early. You know, I think I think a few months ago, a Z1 was going for like 5K, not 16K. So, you know, you could... It's a price appreciation. Yeah. So, and and each drop, the it goes up about 20% in terms of like the, the, the floor value. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone offered me 40K for one of my Z1s. I said, no. I think, I think that'll be worth... Once the Genesis horses are done... I think Z1s, it's only a thousand of them. Genesis Z1s, I mean, they're going to go for 100K each, minimum. 100, not a million? Uh, 100K? 100K. I, I think like the worst Z1 
will be worth 100k. Like you can barely buy one for you know 30, 40k right now. Wow. All right. Because there's not that many. So how do I own a track? Is that available? So yet? no, currently not available. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it, it will ever be, but okay. it seems like there is a lot they want to do. I mean, I, the way that Drew has always described it to me was that like they're building like the metaverse and like horse racing is just like the popular sport. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know why don't, why don't, why can't they do like dog racing? Why can't they do dragon racing? Like they could do anything. So it's just like, okay, horses are like, why don't they do human racing? We'll all put our avatars in there and just have foot races. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the question is, you know, can you make these horses better or do you, or like, are they, are what they is are? Is there like a training process? Like, can I buy a shitty horse and then like, you know, like so make it I, stronger? You could theoretically buy a shitty horse that was incorrectly ran. So like if you see a horse that has really bad odds at 2000 meters and the owner was only running at 2000 meters and then you start racing on others and you realize, oh, this horse actually does really well at 1200 meters. But you don't know that until it runs those horse races. Yeah. So you've got, so that there's like a process to figure out, which is like, you should probably race the horse three to five times at every single level at the cheapest way you can. And then, and then, okay, look at the data. Where am I getting good odds? It's also you get odds depending on who you're going up against. So if you go up yep. against Escobar and Breathless Edge and Ducky Malone, like you're gonna have pretty bad odds. Yeah. Well, Escobar's undefeated. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's true anymore. Okay. We could look it up. All right. We well, I'm up. gonna own Escobar and it's gonna be undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what's the end game here? Like, are people just gonna own the horses forever? Do they sell them and like cash out? Like, I don't know. I mean, listen, if if I can get a uh, if I can get two three k every two weeks from one horse. Um, now, now maybe eventually like the demand goes down, but again, Z1s, only a thousand of them, you know, uh, Nakamoto's, not many Nakamoto's in general. So if you can make that, that's the whole utility thing. If I can make money racing and breeding, I'm, I'm not going to sell my horses. Why would I sell them? I'll make my, all my money back that I spent just by doing those things and then let just continue to sort of, and then grow it from there. So do you reinvest or do you take the money out? I I've currently, it's all just an ETH just reinvested. So I don't Re reinvest it in ETH or in more horses. So like you have a an ETH account in Zed, mm -hmm. and then there's a W ETH account, which I, I don't know what W stands for. Wrapped. But yeah, so that that's where you buy, that's where you could buy the horses. Just for you, all you Ethereum people. <laughs> that, that's where you could buy the horses. Uh, you can uh, breed the horses, and you can um, uh, race the horses. You have to use uh, W uh, ETH. So. Um, yeah, I just it goes in there, and I don't like the funny thing is <laughs> this joke I've been saying with a bunch of people is that like you go on your race right every night before I go to bed. I just I I know the odds. I know which horses like I look for the right race, and I just put my horses in those races, and I go to bed, and I wake up, and I look at if I want anything. The the funny thing is because ETH has been blowing up, I put five dollars into a race, I lose, I have fifty more dollars in my account. So it's like it's like it's really bad for like degenerate gamblers because mm -hmm. like. It's just going up right yeah. now so because it's tied to it. Yeah. So uh, can you like outfit the horse to look the way you want? Like no. with like a saddle or anything like that? There's no jockeys. There's no saddle. It's you You, you have a, a coat. That's about it. Mm -hmm. But it, they're all 3D. I don't know if you've seen a race go, yeah, yeah. but like it's beautiful. It's pretty cool. And they got like the cool camera angle. And yeah. It looks kind of futuristic, a little Ready Player One-esque, right? And they're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know where Zed 100% is going. Is it only ever going to be horses? Are they going to do other things? But there's a lot of just value and utility of just the horse stuff. 
so I've been having fun. Um, and like, I think, yeah, you can make a lot of money off it. I think um, owning a, a track or, or, you know, like, like Zed, Zed, I don't think is ever going to get into the gambling side of it. The DraftKings and the and the fan duels of the world are going to go and and offer that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bookies of the world and like, can you buy a track and then charge get a fee for everyone who races on your track? I think probably. Why not? Yeah. Like, what do yeah. you what do you do on a day to day basis? Me? We sat here and we've talked about digital horses. Tell us about the company. Oh yeah, yeah, no. So I have a company called Upstream. We're building like you know LinkedIn Groups 2.0. We're going mm-hmm. after professional networks. Basically, LinkedIn has had a monopoly for the past like 18 years. And, you know, people like dunk on them all the time. Oh, LinkedIn sucks, this, that. I have a lot of respect for them. I think the core product is really strong. The digital resume, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, they have a monopoly. It's it, it, it's a great product. You know, I can look you up and see your past history, mm-hmm. et cetera. But they've dropped the ball on a few things. Uh, the biggest, I think, you know, being who do you know and how well do you know them? They killed their API a few years ago for, for some good reasons, but I think there's a platform that could be built on a professional network. And then what we're starting with is professional groups. Like nobody uses LinkedIn groups, right? You know, link, nobody actually even knows LinkedIn groups is a thing. I was just gonna say, don't even know what that is. Yeah, exactly. Anyone who's building a professional community is doing it on Slack, they're doing it on WhatsApp, they're doing it on Telegram, they're doing it on Discord. And I love all those products, I use them all. They're just not really meant for professional community. Um, so that's where we started. And then when COVID hit, we, you know, like when you think of, there's like two pieces to top stream. One is the professional and like, uh, sorry, the the community and group side. The other is the professional side. In that professional side, there's like a life cycle, meeting new people, socializing, following up with people, reaching out to people, reconnecting with people. That's all part of like the professional life cycle. We're playing right now in the meeting new people, socializing. Mm-hmm. So we do this event. Uh, we have this product called Upstream Events. They're virtual events. They're usually 20 to 30 minutes. We typically have a guest speaker the first 10, 15 minutes, and then the second half of it is matchmaking. And it's been really popular during COVID. Uh, we've got, you know, um, you know, thousands of people coming and meeting each other every week. Mm-hmm. And it's just been, it's been really popular. It's like that, like during COVID, it was really hard to meet people unless you're like in Miami. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was just like, you know, that, so he, he didn't say it, but what he meant was because Miami was open, everyone else was closed. Yeah, I mean, it was it. You know, I, the joke is like everyone in Miami already had COVID, so, uh, <laughs> so that's why it could you know it's herd immunity already here. No, uh, there, there's definitely some some good stuff and bad stuff being here. I, we I moved my family. I have a wife and two daughters. We moved down here in July. It's been really nice. But anyway, so this company Upstream started it in the beginning of 2020. Me and my co-founder. Before that, I had a company called Social Rank, social media analytics company. We sold it at the end of 2019. Uh, we just started uh, upstream. We uh, we haven't uh, announced yet, but we raised a little bit of money, and you know we've got a team of nine awesome people, and trying to build the the next professional network. So you basically you took your family, your company, and your digital horses, and you moved to Miami. Right? I bought the digital horses down here, but yes, <laughs> uh, I, I was born and raised in New York, lived there my whole life, mm-hmm. uh, grew up on, in Manhattan. If you're successful with upstream. What does this turn into, right? Like in terms of, is it literally LinkedIn, but a platform where people can come and build on top of the social graph and it's all for professionals and there's events and kind of like you just like rebuild it for quote unquote, the modern age or like today? Yeah, so we started on mobile. So it was like a mobile first uh, play. But yeah, no, what does success mean? I mean, building a professional network, building a platform. So like events are really cool and events are really popular, but it's just a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, it's a big piece. Like every 
successful community should have events, virtual events, in-person events, et cetera. Um, but it's just a little piece of the puzzle. I mean, you know, I have a roadmap for the next five, 10 years in my brain. To be honest, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I'm not uh, like, you know, we only met each other a few months ago, but we sort of prioritize me. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is a, a big piece of it is around giving and getting help, mm-hmm. meeting new people professionally. I love that. That's what I do every day. So if someone like a LinkedIn came along and they're like, hey, we want you to run LinkedIn groups and make it something that people actually know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather just do this. I'd rather just go out and raise more money and, and try to build a bigger company. The, a lot of the, the, the ways I think about it is there's, there's three pieces. There's live and synchronous, mm-hmm. which is like these events. Then there's like asynchronous, which is like posting asks and eventually there'll be more like asynchronous things mm-hmm. on upstream. And then the third is utility. So one of the things that we're thinking about right now a lot is like, what type of utility can you provide people? Maybe it's not directly tied to community, but like, who do you know and how well you know them? Like how many times do people hit you up and like, hey, I saw that you're connected to this person at uh, on LinkedIn. Like, can you make an intro? And you're like, I don't even know who that person is. Like, I have to go look back, figure out how I met that person. And there's a bunch of really easy ways to figure that out. Um, a lot of people who've gone after that problem have gone about it in the in the wrong ways. They mm-hmm. they try to build like new address books or they try to build like these souped up things that take like a week for it to load and it just never really works. The closest probably is like Affinity CRM. They've done a decent job at the the digital sort of um, uh, connection, like who do you know, frequency of connection. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're working on some stuff now that hopefully will be available in the summer around like, you know, strength of relationship and who you know, how well you know that. And I think that just balloons into a much bigger opportunity. Completely agree. I think it's a smart idea. Thanks, man. All right. I got three questions before yeah. I let you go. Sure. Uh, most important book you've ever read. Oh man. Most important book. I've been, I've been, I've been slacking on the books. I mean, I, I read this book, uh, uh, back in, I wrote my college. I don't even remember what it was, what it was called, but it was, uh, it was like the seamstress, I'm gonna have to, we're gonna have to edit this because I'm, I'm not remembering the name of the book. I wrote my college essay about it, but it, it had a profound impact on me at the time. But the fact that I can't even remember it, I guess means something. Yeah. Um, let me think. Uh, what's the second question? Let me, let me think. About second book. question is sleep. So our friends over at Eight Sleep, I got this bed. Uh, it's freezing cold, right? It's a thermal yeah. regulated bed. I sleep like five or six hours. My wife really wanted to like murder me. Uh, now I sleep like eight or nine hours, and it's been like the most life changing thing ever. Um, and hopefully they're going to be able to make it so you feel the same way after seven hours or six hours of sleep. Uh, what is your sleep schedule? It is you really have two, have young, two kids, young kids, right? Yeah, it is very bad. Okay, I need it. I need like what? Sleep. I do. Like like how bad? It's bad. over under five hours a night. Around five. Oh, all right. But I so I that's like bed. borderline horrendous. Yeah. No, like, I go to bed sub late, five but I wake atrocious. up late. I, I go to bed wait, late, but I wake up late. Okay. So I typically go to bed between, it'll be really nice if I get to bed at one. I usually go to bed two, three. Oh, wow. So like really like a night owl. But then, yeah, I do my best work between 10 and two. I mean, I you know, okay. I feel like that's, you know, you're not supposed to say that type of stuff anymore, like building companies, but like it's the truth. Like I just, that's how I, okay. uh, that's how I, I function. And what time do you wake up? Usually eight, nine. All right, so like five I to trained, six hours. I trained my two daughters to wake up at eight or later. That was oh, the best thing I ever did. Yeah, that's not um, bad. So it's not that bad, but I know I need more sleep. I usually catch up on the weekends. Got it. All right, third question. Aliens, are you a believer or a non-believer? I think statistically something has to exist out there. 
you like it's just like when you ever if you ever look at like where earth is compared to the whole solar system and mm-hmm. galaxy i mean it's like just seems it just seems impossible that we're not like that we're the only people ever mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone else is still alive i don't know if we can actually get to them at a time like you know because the distance might be too far away they may yeah. be too far away but i think it's probabilistically really low I think what what likely the chance is there's a lot of other Earths out there and they can't see beyond their galaxy. Yeah, that's probably true. And we can't so see we them. can't see them. They can't see us. It's just too far away. We sort of know that there's a lot of stuff out there, but we can't. We don't have means of communication. Uh, you're gonna get to ask me one question to finish, but uh, my favorite statistic or uh, data point on all of space is that when I was in high school, there was nine planets, including Pluto. Now there's over a thousand. Yeah. Where did the rest of them come from? <laughs> like my only guess is that technology got way better so like we can have better we can like, more. S- surveillance you know of the solar system or whatever but like, like that's a pretty big jump yeah no it, it, <laughs> like from nine to a thousand <laughs> yeah i i'm i it seems unlikely that we're alone the question is if they get to us before we get to them are we in trouble you know so how do you know they haven't been here yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a pretty senior person from I think it was either Israel or Ken or whatever that like, you you probably if you ask this question the, probably, the intergalactic federation yeah, I don't know how you know that that sounds a little bit like, for those that don't know there's a guy I think it's from Israel he uh, was like in charge of space or whatever yeah like basically the equivalent of like, the space force and he's like oh yeah we are all are in the intergalactic federation and uh, we just don't want to tell anyone yet yeah and like and but he's a little bit older may, maybe a little he may he may be a little going a little crazy uh but then then he said some things that were like well yeah why did trump like la- launch space force out of nowhere like you know what i mean that was like really a random thing like maybe there is something to it maybe may, maybe there is i don't know um, I, don't, I don't i don't know and like i feel like if there was like they would try to be hidden but it's so hard to hide things these days yeah you I know agree. But like the UFO stuff has been crazy with like them releasing like we don't know what this was. We don't know what that was. So like maybe I I I I won't I will, I will, I'm not on the side of saying like no. Yeah, I'm the same way. But I'm not on like I love but, to see it. Yeah, you're not on the like I met one. Yeah. But like you know that Blink-182 guy like how like vindicated must he feel? Like he stopped making oh, yeah. music and then like went all in on aliens and like like he's not wrong. Yeah. It's pretty cool. By the way, back to the first question, I wouldn't say a book. Um, I would say the best thing that I've read is uh, the old Mark Andreessen posts oh. from from his blog. I'm more of a blog sort of tweet reader, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but um, his 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 old stuff still holds up. Like just like just his thoughts on building a company and networks and all that stuff is just. It's timeless. I mean, it's archived somewhere, the the P Market blog, mm-hmm. but that that's probably the best thing I've read. Um, that's actually a great suggestion. Yeah. All right. Where can uh, well, first of all, what question do you have for me? Um, so something we ask every time on, on Upstream when uh, we have a guest speaker, we we ask, "What do you need help with?" Usually, there's like a handful of people there, and we say like, "You could be hiring somebody. You could want to help." We're gonna hang a 65 inch screen television, but I got a guy coming today. But that's what I need help with right now because <laughs> I'm scared that I'm gonna screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you need help with that. Anything, anything you need help with that maybe someone can help you. Uh, no, send me the best investment deals. <laughs> okay, no, that, that's a good one. Send the best yeah. companies. Yeah, I mean that's like the easiest thing. Uh, where can we send people to find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at AJT. How did um, you get that? 
That's a whole other story. Okay. So I had a friend. I'll, I'll tell a quick version of it. All right. I, a friend at Twitter. She was leaving, um, and she uh, she hit me up, and she had it was still back in the day when you could like grab handles if you like mm -hmm. it was inactive. So she's like, I'm leaving. My last day is like next week. Make a list of handles you want, and uh and and send them to me, and and just have a handle I could swap it with, and if I can get it, I'll get it. Um, that's not how I got AJT. I got it. I got that from her early on, but that haul I got. Uh, I own at Truth on Twitter. I'm just sitting on it. I, I gave Do it to like the Biden campaign a little bit. They played with it during the election. They got it up to like 250 thousand followers, and then I thought I was getting it back with 250 thousand followers, and then they worked with Twitter to wipe it and gave me back with zero followers. I was like, guys, I gave it to you because I thought I, I like. Come on. Wow. That was that was a big disappointment. I mean, I, I didn't. Ask them not to wipe it, but like the expectation was I was giving them to get yeah. back a big account. Um, but I, I, I would understand how they wouldn't want like, let's say I became crazy and I started posting like, you know, QAnon stuff or whatever. From at truth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah they don't want to be associated with that. Yep. Um, so I understand. I was just upset. I own a bunch of random ones. Uh, I My daughters have at Kira. Mm -hmm. She's, her name's Kira. And then at JD. And her name's Jade. So I have... Uh, I've got a bunch. Oh, I have at NYK. The Knicks are NY Knicks. I'm NYK. Winning record this year, right? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. We've got eight games to go. It looks good, but I, in, in, I'm just like, I'm so fearful of like a collapse and like an eight-game losing streak out of the playoffs. We haven't clinched yet or anything. So, and it's hard teams. I mean, going up against tonight, Denver, then uh, uh, Phoenix, uh, Clippers, Lakers, Boston, like that's not. We'll see. It's. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm really happy how they're playing, but I'm just, you know, it would be it, such it would a be, Nick thing. It would be a be, Nick thing to lose to the just, last eight games and and just, you know, be done. whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, All right, where can we be able to find you other than at AJT? At AJT uh, on Upstream uh, at UpstreamApp.com, or you can download it in the App Store. Where else am I on the internet? Um, LinkedIn. AJ, AJ, yeah, LinkedIn. Nah, you you can. By the way, I have respect for LinkedIn. I, I'm not. We're not trying to replace them today, but tomorrow. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we want to get big um, before we really go after anything they do that's core. But yeah, no, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on. Uh, I'm on. I think I'm on. I'm on, I'm on everything. But uh, Twitter is where I spend most of my time. Awesome, man. Listen, thank you so much for doing this. I'll of course. Again in the future. Yeah. Anytime.